Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to see you this morning here in the studio for our studio audience and for those that are joining through technology, through our streaming platforms, we salute you. We thank God for you. We salute our brothers and sisters uh, that are across this world, um, especially our sister churches in Kenya. We thank God for them um, and know that we are praying for you. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about empower, empowerment, the empowerment that we are given through the gift of Holy Ghost to transfer God's image into our culture, the ability to actually affect the culture that we are in. Unfortunately, what we've seen throughout, you know, at least the last 10 to 20 years is the culture affecting the church, where the church is actually shifting uh, under the guise that we're trying to remain relevant or we're trying to uh, be able to reach those that are in the culture. Uh, so we've taken on an image of the culture to um, cause the culture to think that it's okay to be part of us. When in fact, that's not what God called us to do. God empowered us. He called us and he empowered us that we would go into the culture and change the culture so that the culture would re reflect him and the kingdom. And we've been talking over the last few weeks about how this can be manifest in and through both the body of, of Christ, which is the church, we are the church, and through us as individuals in our uh, local uh, circles and in our families and um, in the extended reach that uh, each of us have. And we left off talking about the ability to affect this change I believe that there is a specific power that is released by God through the gift of Holy Ghost, which is why we spent a lot of time talking about uh, Holy Ghost and how uh, it comes into the life of a believer and um, its function and operation in the life of a believer and the necessity of Holy Ghost in the life of a believer, uh, why Holy Ghost is more than speaking in other tongues and even a full understanding. We've been having Bible studies about this uh, in reference to uh, what speaking in other tongues is all about and the, the necessary understanding that it's not the jibber-jabber that many of us um, have really likened it to, that, that we've kind of shifted to as a church culture uh, where no one knows what anybody's saying. If you read and study scripture, you'll find that that's really not necessarily it. But again, we've been talking about that in Bible study, and I'm going to leave it in Bible study because I want to really talk to you today about the power that's in the air there is a power transfer that is in existence in the air. And the question I have for you is after today and the uh, knowledge that I will release to you uh, according to what God has given me, will you seize that power so that you can affect the culture that you're in and the culture that you're in stop affecting you? Now, I, I've got to um, start off, uh, you know, kind of giving you this uh, uh, I guess you call it a warning. Everything that you see nowadays has a warning. You see a commercial uh, on TV about medicine and um, it gives you this warning about all the bad things it might do. And, and, you know, ultimately, this medicine can help you with your eczema. 
but it might kill you. And so we, you know, you have to make that decision. Do I want to die with no eczema or do I want to live with eczema? Uh, because there's always that chance. But I want to just give you this, this you know, kind of kind of warning that not every Christian is ready to be a catalyst to transformation through the release of the power of God through them, through their very lives. Uh, and unfortunately, what we find is that too many in the body of Christ lack proper teaching while others lack the temperament to affect change. And in differing church cultures, you will find differing kinds of Christians or differing kinds of believers. Some will be the victimized believer. Some are going to be the circle the wagons kind of believer who are just trying to hang on until Jesus comes back, while others are going to be that, that dynamic, power-shifting, take-on-the-world-for-Jesus kind of believer who know that the earth belongs to the Lord, not the devil, that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous, and that the church has the divine calling and the authority to engage and transform those that are living in the secular culture through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ to transform lives and then the indwelling power of Holy Ghost to take that transformation and make it live in the culture in which they are a part of. Now, the first group draws kind of from, uh, you know, withdraws kind of from the culture, while the second group really moves in an advance towards the culture with this kind of boldness, this kind of I don't care what the culture, uh, you know, might say about me, but I'm going to move forward and take on the culture because that's what I've been called to do. Now, cultural transformation involves God-initiated power shift from the secular culture to the kingdom culture. And it's the second group of believers who are prepared to be conduits of the necessary power transfer. You see, the, the Bible tells us that there is a power in the air. Then that power is not uh, like God. That power is actually against God. That power is the prince of darkness, the devil. And we have to understand that that power that he stole in the garden has been restored through Jesus Christ. And we have to understand as we've received the restoration of power that's necessary to initiate a cultural change, we have to be ready to function in it. The, the Bible tells us that they that are, that, uh, that are set on a hill, um, they light in dark places. So they have dominion-mindedness. They are dominators of the faith. While others play games in the marketplace of ideas and philosophies and theologies, believers, true believers, have come to transact serious business of the kingdom. So the first question that you have to ask yourself is, am I here to function as a business partner in the kingdom of God? Or am I here just to see what the kingdom can give to me? You see, God is always looking for people to whom he can transfer a full working of his power. He's always looking for those who can be his expression. Now, you got to understand, uh, we like to express a lot, but I have died and Christ is alive in me. He's looking for those who can be 
his expression, uh, the express image of him in time and in space. So who do you think he will entrust his power to? Those that want to play games? Those who want to play church? Or those who take his business seriously? I want you to consider this text. Because this is Jesus talking. And we're going to put it on the screen for you. The 11th chapter of the book of Matthew, starting at the 16th verse through the 19th. I'm going to be reading to you from the King James Version. You can read along with me. Again, Matthew, the 11th chapter, the 16th through the 19th verse. And it says, but whereunto shall I liken this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows and saying, we have piped unto you and ye have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and ye have not lamented. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he hath a devil. The son of man come eating and drinking, and they say, behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. Now, I want you to understand something. The phrase that's used here, wisdom is justified of her children. This means that the fruit of something becomes the evidence of whether or not that something is wisdom or foolishness. In other words, if you want to know the true nature or character of a thing, you have to look at what that thing produces. If you want to understand what the true character and the true nature of a thing is, whatever the thing is, everything is going to uh, leave fruit behind. It's going to leave some resemblance or some evidence of its, exist of its existence. And you have to understand that if you want to know what the true nature and character is, you have to look then at what that very thing produces. A good tree produces what? Good fruit. And a bad tree produces what? Bad fruit. Seems pretty simple. So wisdom then begets wisdom and folly then begets folly. Every see here's the, here's the law. Here's the law that is immutable. Here's the law that cannot change. A bad tree cannot produce good fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, why is that? Because God put into place a law. And that law is that every seed will reproduce after its own kind. So if I have a lion seed, a lion is not going to produce a bunny rabbit. If I have a bunny rabbit, a bunny rabbit is not going to produce a giraffe. Every seed must reproduce after its own kind. This is a law. I've, I've taught this for years. It's necessary for our understanding. And it's something that you ought to think about as you're analyzing the fruit or the evidence of what you are producing in your life as to whether or not your tree is good or bad. So Jesus, Jesus likens in this text uh, his generation, uh, and, and it applies to our generation as well, uh, to children that are sitting in the marketplace. So he's making this comparison, and it refers to the uh, more to uh, you know behavior 
than it does chronology. Uh, but the marketplace was a place to do business, but children would come to that very place made to do business while their parents shopped and the children would play in the marketplace. So the parents would be shopping and the children would be playing. And Jesus says in, in effect that the grown-ups of this generation or that generation uh, behaved like the children in the marketplace. Playing in the marketplace when they should be taking care of business in the marketplace. You see, the marketplace is a place of transaction. I want you to understand. As a matter of fact, you ought to write that down. The marketplace is a place of transaction. So the place where power is being shifted is in the marketplace because the marketplace is the place where transactions take place. So the place where power is being shifted is in the marketplace. Now transaction simply means to move something from one place to another. So children in the marketplace are in the place of power where power is being shifted, but because they are children, they are unaware of where they are and what is going on where they are. They're simply in the place playing around. And this is what Christ likens many uh, in the church to. Now, while power is being shifted, while currency is moving, while transactions are being made, the children are busy playing. So to what shall then we liken this church generation? Many people have been brought into the kingdom of God and have been put in a place where transaction, business, is taking place, but they are too busy playing church to realize everything that is going on around them or be able to really comprehend the shift of power that's in existence. You see, wisdom is justified of her children. Wisdom brings us to the place where we realize that things are shifting around us and we are in the position to grab a hold uh, of the transaction of power, the, the, the transfer of wealth through the moving of the power of God. As long as we remain unaware, though, of the transactions that are occurring around us, we will become like the children in the marketplace who run through the, the sale rack while mama and, and papa is trying on the clothes. Now certain church cultures, I want you to follow me here, certain church cultures, because just like there's multiple cultures in the world, there are multiple cultures uh, also in existence in the church, but certain church cultures will produce certain kinds of Christians. Every seed, what? must reproduce after its own kind. So God is trying to shift the culture of our ministry, Grace and Mercy Fellowship Center, this culture from being children in the marketplace, playing to be power brokers conducting transactions which bring about a shift of wealth, a shift of health, a shift of prosperity, a shift of wisdom, a shift of understanding, a shift of peace and knowledge so that we can change the secular culture that God has planted us in. We are the seed of God planted in the earth and if we the seed are jacked up then all we can produce is what is jacked 
up. So we need to take up root uh, in this area so that we can produce faith in this area. It will be the evidence of our fruitfulness or it will become the story of our failure. Jesus said it best. Wisdom is justified of her children. After over 20 years of preaching the gospel, when I visit uh, different churches throughout my experience as being a minister of the gospel, I don't uh, have to hear the preacher preach or uh, the congregation sing to really know what they teach in that church. All I have to do is talk to a few people and I can tell you their theology right down the line. I know a victimized Christian when I meet one. I know an apocalyptic Christian ready to get out of here. No possessing Christian. Uh, They're easy to identify. I can spot a flaky, uh, a weird manifesting Christian a mile away. I can also quickly recognize someone who is mature, solid, well-grounded, disciplined, uh, is a believer of Christ when I come into contact with them. Because they are the ones who are confident, enthusiastic, and strong in faith, sensitive in spirit, compassionate in heart, bold visionaries who expect God to do great things in them, through them, and around them so that they can be the express image of God in the earth where he has planted them. In this day, there is a rising up in the earth of a generation of the people of God who will not be the children playing in the marketplace but those who God is causing us to recognize what is transpiring around us. These people will not sit playing games during a season of transfer while power is shifting over their heads. These people are going to get involved in that power transfer. They're going to recognize it. They're going to grab a hold of what God has said in them and shift nations shift families all in the name of Jesus and for the glory of God the question is which will you be a part of what generation will you be like will you go with me uh, or will you live as the head uh, and not the tail uh, which the bible declares will you live as the leader and not the or i'm sorry as the lender and not the borrower the question is gmfc let me just speak directly to you we have work to do if we're going to express god in the land Playtime is over and it's time for us to invest in our calling and our anointing which the Bible declares is sure so this then becomes our destiny you have to catch the vision you have to run with it and let's turn this church, this community this city and this nation upside down for the cause of Christ until the Lord return. The Bible says you ought to act like there's a or like this is the last day but prepare like there are a thousand years left but I want to uh, talk to you something uh, share something with you about the equalization of truth now last Sunday we talked about those four leprous men if you remember if, if you don't remember you ought to go back to last Sunday it's on YouTube you can pull it up you ought to go back and, and, and listen to what God released into our spirit uh, on last Sunday in 
in reference to the four leprous men. But what I hope you are beginning to see is that a power transfer took place in that story. Look how the circumstances changed throughout the story. You see, in the beginning, the Syrian army had all the power. Their long siege of Samaria left the city at the brink of starvation. The citizens who were Israelites, God's very people, were virtually powerless. Even in the midst of it, the prophet Elisha stood and proclaimed, thus see the Lord, or say the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Second Kings 7 and 1. What am I going to say, Deacon Tim? Check the text. Let me put it in the terms that you can understand completely today. What was it that the prophet was saying? In the 24 hours that this famine that they were enduring was going to be over. In 24 hours, the famine was going to be over. You ought to just start to speak that over your own life. You ought to be prophetic and stop being pathetic. You ought to declare to yourself, I'm standing in the face of a 24 hour shift where I'm going to be moving in a different direction enjoying the benefits of my faith in God. Elisha prophesied that a power transfer was getting ready to take place that was shifting the power from the Syrian to the people of God. Now sure enough the lepers walked into a deserted Syrian camp and, and when they uh, reported what they found the entire of uh, city of Samaria it's celebrated now beginning with the four lepers everyone satisfied their hunger with the Syrians food and enriched themselves with the Syrians spoils so by the end of the encounter power has shifted from the supposedly invincible Syrians to the famished victimized Israelites and it started with those four leprous men uh, but here's the clincher uh, this, here, here's what you, what you here's the linchpin those four lepers did not hear the word of the prophet which had been spoken they were outside of the walls of the city but were sitting at the city gate and in those days a walled city where, where traders and merchants would be going in and out the city gate was the place watch this where business was transacted so the lepers were sitting in the very place where the transaction of business was taking place money and power would change hands at the gate those four lepers men did not hear what Elisha said but because change was already in the atmosphere because he said it and this prompted these men to ask each other this vital question why sit here until we die and spurred by that very question they decided to risk everything they took action and they went to the Syrian camp where they found open doors and increase that transformed their very lives now unknowingly these men acted under a principle that's known as the equalization of 
of truth. Now the equalization of truth means that just because we may not know when God has released something on the earth does not mean we cannot work with it once it has been released. So when God releases a thing, he releases it and anyone who picks it up can run with it. I don't need to hear it. All I need to do is pick it up and run with it. So how long those lepers sat there questioning their predicament, no one really knows. But when God released his word through Elisha about the transfer of power that was going to take place, those men started asking the right questions and taking the right action. And when they acted on their question, they were working in line with the word that had already been spoken. Because when God speaks a thing, when God declares a word, you can be working with the word that you never even heard uh, 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 spoken. And, and this is why we must learn to speak in the power of Christ because when we speak in the power of Christ, we move other people who line up with the word that we have spoken and our increase is released. Even if we have to become besieged by our enemy just so that the treasure gets closer to us and we have a far less journey to go possess our victory and we have less space to tra traverse to get to where our, uh, in our increase is it should be well with us because we declare the blessings of the Lord will overtake us you've heard me say this for years we've been chasing after what God has chasing after us and the moment you stop running your blessing from God will overtake you because it's been running after you and if you actually take a minute and listen open up your spiritual ear you'll hear your blessing say slow down I can't catch up to you slow down so that I can overtake you and fulfill what the word of God said you ought to give God some praise right there because the blessings of God are promised to overtake you so you just need to stop running away from the things of God so if God has to cause the devil to become UPS, we got a guy that comes to visit our house because my wife, she likes to, you know, she likes to order stuff. And if I'm going to be honest, so do I. But anyway, they, they get shifted shipped to us and the same UPS guy comes and delivers it. He, he died at our house so much that we know him by name. He's like, hey Roy, and I'm like, yeah, and we just be talking because he always at our house for some reason. He always got a package for us, always delivering something to us. But the wonderful thing is is that if you really pay attention to how God functions in the word, God will cause the devil to become your or UPS guy then you can feel free to sign for what God has sent because it all belongs to him anyway and he can give it to whomever he chooses you see there is a equalization of truth which means that God when God speaks a thing anybody can tap into it including now here, here this is going to shock some of you believers 
You can tap into it and not even be a believer. So when God releases a thing, he just releases it. And whoever has ears to hear can plug in and reap the increase. The Bible declares that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God. Matthew, the fourth chapter and the fourth verse. So what the Bible does not say is that everybody in the marketplace is a believer. That's not what the Bible says. This does not inhibit their ability to take part in the power shift that God has released in the place where business is being held. Sometimes secular people who are transacting business will benefit from shifts of power and shifts of economy while God's people play like children oblivious to what is happening over their heads somebody else is working with the word that God has released because they perceive something a change in the air and even though they don't know where it came from they grab a hold to it and take advantage of it because there is an equalization of truth when God speaks a word it becomes equalized in truth which means that everybody has equal access to that truth if everyone has access then anyone in the world can pick up on it this is not equalization of thought but equalization of truth all truth is God's truth and truth has its own power when a word's time has come God releases a word for that season think about this if you lived in the days of the Egyptian bondage, wouldn't that greatly limit your ability to prosper? Your status as a slave would greatly uh, reduce your options if you were alive at the time of the exodus your prospects of prosperity would increase significantly the bible says that when Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt God gave them favor in the eyes of the Egyptians who showered them with gold and silver and all kinds of precious treasures while they were on their way out the door God spoke a word of deliverance and power shifted. Just because one person died in bondage and another lived to see freedom does not mean that first love God less and the second love God more. It simply means that each was governed by the words that had been released over the days in which they lived. On the day of Pentecost, Simon, Spe Simon Peter spoke to the crowd in Jerusalem of a word that God had released over the earth a word whose time had come and which is still active in our day let me quote from the book of Joel Peter said uh, it, like this in Acts the second chapter the 17th through the 18th verse and it shall come to pass in the last days saith God I will pour out my spirit upon 
upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams and on and on my servant and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy well what does this mean for us this is what it means it means that we are living in a time where there is a power transfer from God to his people if we live during the 40 years of prophetic silence between Malachi and Matthew our potential to receive that blessing would have been drastically reduced Uh, but there are always exceptions to the rule in every generation special people with special faith have been able to transcend their age and go into the future Uh, but in general people's prospects are governed by the word that they are under for the time and the season that is their generation our time is a time where God has said he will transfer power from his account to our account a process that we call being filled with Holy Ghost because of the divine word that we live under in our day the filling of Holy Ghost is available to every child of God equally all we have to do is ask and receive this is the equalization of truth power transfer is underway a power transfer is underway there are people that will tell you you don't need the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost ain't working in this day but I'm here to tell you without Holy Ghost in you you will not be able to tap into what God has released I'm here to tell you you need Holy Ghost in you and God made it so simple I know we used to tarry we used to snot and and cry and roll around on the carpet and all that wonderful stuff but I'm here to tell you all you need to do is say Father fill me with Holy Ghost and because it is a gift of God instantaneously the power of God will come upon you and all you got to do is receive it because it is the power of God that will transform your life your flesh is enmity against God you can't even walk in the ways of God in the power of your flesh you will always turn to the left or right except Holy Ghost be alive in you hallelujah hallelujah Holy Ghost I want you to meditate on that Holy Ghost is more than speaking in tongues Holy Ghost is your ability your authority to tap into the transfer of power in this culture because this season is the season where God is pouring out his spirit upon us now next week I'm going to tell you about this place of transfer you ought to tune in next week you don't want to miss this you want, you want to hear this you want to incorporate this you want this to be manifest in your life but between next week and now if you don't have Holy Ghost ask God for it because God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him and he said he would gift you with it 
I look forward to seeing you next week filled with Holy Ghost so we can tap into what God has poured out in this our generation in this our season so we can impact the culture that we are in God bless you you have a wonderful Sunday This has been a production of the GMFC Studios. God bless you.